30 years after the entry into force of the UN Convention Against Torture, there is still a considerable implementation gap, and torture continues to exist worldwide. One of the most significant developments over the last few years has been the establishment of National Preventive Mechanisms, or NPMs, which have a mandate to carry out regular, unannounced visits to places of detention. In the eighth expert blog in our anniversary series, Moritz Burke of the Ludwig Boltzmann Institute of Human Rights in Vienna argues that the follow-up and implementation of NPM recommendations is their weak point and examines how they can better ensure the long-term impact of their detention monitoring and make a sustainable contribution to the prevention of torture. Over to Moritz. This year, the UN Convention Against Torture, CAT, is celebrating its 30th anniversary and counts 156 ratifications as of November 2014. As noted by the UN Special Rapporteur on Torture, if states implemented their obligations under the CAT and other relevant human rights treaties, as well as soft law documents, torture could be effectively eradicated. However, there is a considerable implementation gap and torture can still be found worldwide, often as a routine practice. Monitoring of places of detention has been recognized as one of the key methods to prevent torture and ill-treatment. On this basis, 25 years ago, the European Committee for the Prevention of Torture, CPT, was established to visit detention places in member states of the Council of Europe. The important work of the CPT served as an inspiration for the development of the optional protocol to the CAT, OPCAT, which entered into force in 2006 and established an International Subcommittee on the Prevention of Torture, SPT. These international mechanisms are however not in the position to carry out regular monitoring in all member states and do not have sufficient resources to follow up their recommendations and to offer support in their implementation. Therefore, the more important contribution of the OPCAT is that it obliges its member states to establish independent national preventive mechanisms. NPMs, to carry out regular visits to all places of detention, report about the situation of torture and ill-treatment, make recommendations to the state, and enter into a dialogue on their implementation. The gap in continuity and effective follow-up by international monitoring bodies can thus be filled by NPMs, if provided with the adequate mandate, powers and resources. Despite its importance, so far research on the follow-up procedures by MPMs and implementation of their recommendations is sparse. The ongoing research, carried out by the Ludwig Boltzmann Institute of Human Rights and the Human Rights Implementation Center at the University of Bristol on NPMs in the European Union, shows that the follow-up and implementation of recommendations is still a weak point of most MPMs. While MPMs clearly see follow-up and monitoring implementation of their recommendations as their responsibility, most of them have not developed a specific strategy or tools in that regard. This weakens the effectiveness of MPMs, which may eventually lead to a certain monitoring fatigue within the mechanisms and the monitored institutions. Ultimately, it might even call into question the ability of MPMs to have a measurable impact on the prevention of torture and ill-treatment. Thus, it is of crucial importance that MPMs develop a clear strategy and invest the necessary resources in following up their recommendations and at the same time measure and promote their implementation. The basis of effective follow-up are comprehensive, consistent and analytical reports and effective recommendations.
and PMs produce visiting reports and annual reports. In order to analyze some issues in more detail, some NPMs have also produced thematic reports, for example in Bulgaria, France, Poland and Spain. Regarding recommendations, the so-called double SMART criteria have been developed for NPMs, suggesting that all recommendations should be specific, measurable, achievable, results-oriented, time-bound, solution-suggestive, mindful of prioritization, sequencing and risks, argued, root cause responsive and targeted. In view of ensuring an adequate follow-up and implementation, it is naturally crucial that recommendations state who should do what by when. Contrary to international mechanisms such as the SPT and the CPT, NPMs are not constrained by the principle of confidentiality, under which the authorities monitored are the ones deciding whether and when the findings are published, thus restricting the possibilities for follow-up. Instead, the NPMs are meant to operate under the principle of transparency, opening up places of detention to public scrutiny. Therefore, it is key that NPMs publish visiting reports and recommendations, as well as rele relevant information on their working methods, and there are only few NPMs in the European Union who do not yet do so. Moreover, state authorities are obliged by the OPCAT to quote, examine the recommendations of the MPM and enter into a dialogue with it on possible implementation measures. Unquote. In some countries, this has been transposed into a legal obligation to either conform to the recommendations or inform about the reason for failing to do so. For example, in Austria. The role of the MPMs is to advise those state authorities and provide guidance to find concrete solutions to the problem of torture and ill-treatment in a constructive and cooperative spirit. It requires many different ways of interaction to create a trustful relationship and promote the implementation of the recommendations. These may be formal, for example through working groups, as well as informal, for example through regular meetings or phone talks, but should go beyond just a written exchange. The dialogue should also engage different levels of the state, including the responsible staff and the institution visited. The assessment and documentation of implementation and the measuring of compliance with human rights norms is an essential part of the follow-up work of an MPM. It is all the more surprising that many MPMs do not yet document their recommendations in a systematic way or have no clear methods or a formalized system for measuring their implementation. The majority of MPMs in the EU stated that the primary tool for following up and assessing implementations are follow-up visits. However, some MPMs also document the recommendations and their implementation in a database, use indicators and benchmarks, or encourage state actors to develop action plans as a basis of measuring implementation. See for example in Spain and the United Kingdom. Besides these and other good practices, MPMs could also benefit from the extensive research and practice by other institutions in measuring human rights to consequently develop their own method methodology and strategy. The assessment and evaluation do not yet ensure the implementation of recommendations, and many monitoring mechanisms complain about the failure of states to take adequate measures to prevent torture and ill-treatment. Thus, a collaborative follow-up process would be useful where the NPM cooperates with state 
as well as non-state actors. While regular contact with state authorities is in place for all MPMs, the involvement of civil society is not always evident. Some NPMs include civil society organizations, for example in, in Slovenia, or independent experts, for example in Austria, or cooperate in joint visits to places of detention, for example in Bulgaria, Croatia and Estonia. And other NPMs cooperate with civil society representatives through special advisory bodies, for example in Austria, Portugal and Spain. However, it seems that a formal inclusion of civil society does not always guarantee effective cooperation in practice. Despite the important role civil society plays in the prevention of torture, many MPMs have no particular cooperation strategy, and in some countries there appears to be a lack of trust on both sides. Many MPMs also lack a strategic approach to engage with the media. Although this is recognized as indispensable in order to ensure the visibility of the MPM's work, to influence how information is channeled and to build partnerships in order to create public pressure. Moreover, the regular exchange with international as well as other national monitoring mechanisms can be very useful to exchange ideas and experiences on the working methods, as well as comparative good examples of implementation from other states. Overall, it appears that more time and resources within the MPMs are necessary to strengthen the implementation of recommendations. This requires a thorough analysis of stakeholders and partners, and the development of a concise strategy to bring about change in laws, institutions, skills and mindsets. The establishment of MPMs bears great hope for advancing on the prevention of torture worldwide. However, whether MPMs can have a systemic and sustainable impact depends on the implementation of the recommendations addressing the root causes of the problem. This is naturally the responsibility of the state and requires political will by the authorities. But the MPMs play a pivotal role in this process by developing an effective strategy of follow-up and engaging with different stakeholders to advise and pressure authorities to comply with their obligation to prevent torture. More research and exchange on good practices among torture monitoring bodies can certainly help MPMs to reflect upon this role and develop their own approach and strategy. Ultimately, strengthening the follow-up and implementation of recommendations will be crucial for NPM's success.